Good morning. Hoping it's on. Um, so praying with pinpoint purpose for the pneumaticos people, or is it pneumaticos? Um, that is the title. Um, so coming into this uh, brand new year, don't know if you guys were aware, I know you are, uh, it's uh, the year of truth and sonship. So um, start out with God is just leading us into greater areas of authority as sons. Um, and with greater authority comes greater responsibility. Good job, guys. Good job. Um, we have the great privilege of accepting a commission from our Father to be led in a new level of prayer this year. So yesterday was a pretty awesome and powerful time of intercession. Um, it was very extraordinary, and it is still coveted of the Lord for us to do so. And I would pray that every Saturday would be filled with so many voices of the saints. I thought it was pretty, pretty neat to have everyone together. I know usually we're kind of spread out, so it was very nice to have everyone together for that 10 o'clock. Um, it does give me a joyful heart, and I'm excited for what the Lord reveals in those times and how he works through us as one to accomplish his will, not only in this terio, but what lies outside the walls here. <laughs> However, there's a new juncture in prayer. Uh, it'd be more of a pinpointed time of intercession, revealing specific strategies to be uncovered for the exhortation and growth of new sons we are welcoming into the fold and asking the Father to keep their soil fertile that the seeds released may grow deeper and not wither away. A time to birth new ways the Father wants to move to confound our enemy. So, with that being said, uh, I would like to turn to Scripture now to see what the Lord would say about developing us further and levels of new levels of authority in these times. In uh, 1 Corinthians 1, um, I have it titled, uh, Paul is Commissioning the Saints to Prayer. And these are all things we already know, but it's always good to have reminders. Um, but basically he states, I'm going to read uh, 2 through 9. Unto the church of God, which is in Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you may come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you in the end, that you may be blameless in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of the Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. That's a lot of Jesus Christ there. 
Um, so we've been called, we've been set aside, sanctified, and commissioned to intercede on behalf of what the Father wants to do in this land. Kind of what I mentioned earlier, um, this, is, this, is, this is our calling, this is how God has called us. We're to pray on behalf of our brethren, especially the new sons. Which moves us to our next verse. Responsibility for those belonging to God. In John 17, 5 through 10, uh, Jesus is talking. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept the wor thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. And they have received them, and have known surely that I came out of thee. And they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them, I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. For they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. So there's a lot of thine and mines there. Um, I want to start with that, that manifested, which is to render apparent, to make known, and it roots back to, uh, to lighten or to shine upon. Um, you know, just as our heir and brother, you know, Jesus, our Father has given us a great responsibility to pray for those new to the faith, but also those new sons the Lord is setting aside for His grace and promotion to flow in. He asks us to partner with this intimate place in Him so that we may come alongside, mentor and pattern His ways to those He has brought into the fold. To those that accepted the ways of God as their own, to speak into their innermost part, their phreneo, uncovering His mysteries and making it plain for them. You know, the, um, everything Jesus says here, we can basically convert to our own being. We are heirs with Christ, therefore we are also have the same responsibility. Those that he has called are ours, but they are God's, and vice versa. And with how much the Father has given us so much grace, so many blessings, it would be as a fool's barn to store them up, or worse, to let them lie to the side unused due to us being overcome by cares of this world. So we pray that the Father might use us best to uplift His army, His end-time army, and give ourselves to His purpose with full abandon, to let our actions before the Lord speak louder than our words, that we not be a clanging symbol. Let us cling to the creativity of God and take hold of His hand. 
Once again, all things that we know, just refresher, reminder that, you know, this is, God's serious about the ones he's called, and he's serious about us stepping up to the responsibility to come alongside them, to bring them further into what he's doing, and not just, like, you got this, we're praying for you, you can do it, but actually interceding and <coughs> coming together with them. Um, again, in their next scripture, Timothy mentions in Hebrews, uh, I have Hebrews seven twenty-five through 26, uh, and it says, Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such a high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Clearly, he's talking here about Jesus um, and how he was set apart to make intercession for us. So should we live to make intercession for our brethren and on the behalf of God and what he wants to do in them to come before his throne and seek what, what needs to be accomplished in their lives and in their, their terio as well as our own. No, that's good. Yes. Question. What 
is higher than the heavens mean? <clears throat> well, that that phrase, the, the opening part of it, <clears throat> means that whatever we know about the heavens as listed in the scripture, the things that God is going to do um, once all the kingdoms are, are restored and you know, if there is no more temple, that <clears throat> what we know about the heavens is not, as wonderful as it is, is not the end. What Jesus is doing is for eternity. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. Things beyond what we know just here on the earth. So, and, and it could also mean, though, that whatever's in heaven right now, the Lord is more beautiful than any of them. So those two, those two dimensions of that word are there. It's that he's superlative to everything, but also what we know, he's beyond that. So that's, that's a very astute question. Okay. Can I just yeah. comment? Yes, absolutely. First of all, I love this. <laughs> and, and I love at the beginning of this year you bringing just the simplicity of our calling as intercessors to call the sons into the kingdom and and we know that and Jesus is at the right hand at the right hand making intercession for us and for all those that are called but in John 17 when we were talking about the manifestation he has manifested his name unto men which he gave out of the world thine they were he gave us them that they would keep his word or carry on his word I love that too because it's, it's it speaks so much of the dual function that we have in intercession and also teaching, and of His Word that we that we that we keep His Word. And I think, for me, one of the most empowering verses goes is is a little further on in John 17. It's John 17:20, where Jesus says to the Father, "Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also, which shall believe on Me." through their word. So the empowerment of it, how important it is for us to teach the logos, you know, to, to teach the word, to, to keep the word and to teach it because those will come and believe on him and, and step into their, their place and their identity. And it's just so powerful to me yes. how important it is. Well, it just goes to show that, you know, we really have to be rooted in the word. We can't start questioning or like, well, is it real? I mean, once that starts, you're, you're done, which we've seen. So it is important. And it's interesting. Um, one thing I forgot to mention, everywhere that it gave us them is that that, that open palm, uh, that reaching out uh, to strike with the palm of the hand. So it's really, it's a power, a power word. Uh, so our next verse is from uh, 1 Corinthians 16, and I have that headed as, Opposition happens at the open door. Once again, we know this. It reads, for a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. 
Father has given us great blessings, a great blessing of placing us in a time where we can labor on behalf of the Lord freely. But that doesn't mean there will be zero opposition. Just as it was in the days of Paul, and this is Paul speaking here, opposition is found crouching behind the open doors. The enemy doesn't want success to happen in the nations where the new sons are being born. And it would seem for every juncture of each new church added, there's a different blockade that tries to come against it. The enemy, th the enemy thinks he can lie in wait and set traps and snares for us, and so he does. But we have the opportunity to remain vigilant, not in fear, but in the ability to hear the voice of the Lord and continue to move amidst any chaos or blockades that arise. Now, this word effectual, um, that got deleted. Um, means powerful, so a powerful, I think it's a place. Let me look that up real quick. It says active and operative. Active, operative. Yeah. For the definition you gave. Yeah. Oh. I thought there was, uh, there was more. I thought I had it there. Sorry. Well, I, I, think, I think this really does describe some of what we're experiencing in South America right now because you have the great door which is megas which is that spread the greater works the initial you do and, and it's really spreading but there's also this energetics <coughs> this energy uh, and you can feel it you can feel it's like an excitement it's like uh, the, the uh, uh, something that's just active and not something that is, you know, people are just receiving as a cranial thing, you know, which is fine. But but there's there's an there's an active momentum. It's it's like it's contagious where people get around it. And it it's shocking, and you can't you can't um, you can't take that for granted. It's sometimes people try to create that. You know, they get things stirred up, you know, they try to build momentum. Right. But when this happens from the Lord, it's it's undeniable. And um, so so Paul is saying, look, this, this energy is really hitting and it's spreading. And you <coughs> think, okay, that, that's great. Um, you know, we we got it going on. But he asked for prayer. He asked for prayer in that because you can lose that or you can mishandle it right. or, or people can become focused on the energy and the spread as, oppo as opposed to why it's there. Right. And that's, that's the big challenge we have to pray for that we can keep the megas and the energy but also maintain the perspective. It's that love or warrior thing. Because you can you can focus on oh we want this and everybody get the shakes which is great well we don't want to spread that's work and so you gotta have you gotta have both and and so we gotta pray for for this 
door, and, and those two things are two of the main things that the Anakamai will attack. People will either become uber-focused on the manifestation, which are from God in this instance, or that there will be competition or jealousies that will break or, or imitation of it. And, and I think part of the prayer that Paul advocates here is to preserve the preserve the wisdom and the function of why both of these things are happening together. See, because you can spread and lose the energy. We've seen that. Or you can get the energy and not spread. We've seen that. So you got to have both of them. Right. And I think that's part of what this 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 open door is. Well, it really speaks to conducting business at a gate. So conducting business on behalf of heaven, basically. And I feel like if you're focused on conducting business for heaven and not for any other gain of your own, you know, the Father's going to lead you to that, what you were saying, the spreading. And well, one of the things I thought about was, is this really descriptive of what the true magus is? It, it, when, when, you know, you've got the five powers, and magus is the spread, and this is the greater works, as Jesus said we would do. Is, when that's really functioning in God's timing, the megas, is energies always part of that? So we've, we've seen that in different places. We saw it here. We've, we've seen it in France. We've seen it in, in lots of other places around the world where there's this, this the word is there, you know, and people are being imparted to it. It's almost, it's explosive. <coughs> but the challenge we've had is maintaining, maintaining why God sent that. And I think that's where the Anarchamite comes in. It's almost like the enemy will step back and watch it, and he thinks, well, I can't do anything about this initial verse, so I'm going to watch, and I'm going to see how I can mess it up. And, um, and we really need to pray. I mean, I, we, we need to pray and ask God that the fullness of what he intends for this great an effectual door will accomplish what it, it in the in the wonderful way that God's ordained it, because it could be an end to itself. We don't want it to be an end to itself. We've seen that happen because of anti-KMI influences. Right. So this is really a strategic measure of prayer, and it's it's so it's so vital. And I was I had the through our obedience, our Father will. Through our, our through our obedience and prayer, our Father will overcome those strategies of the enemy and turn them for his toe. Uh, this comes about through our prayer and fasting, not by our own sheer willpower. So, you know, there was a, a time when we heard a lot of the church in general, heard a lot about how the enemy is toothless he has no power. He has, you know, and in any contest, that's a good way to lose. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of a better way to lose. Yeah. You think your opposition is powerless. It's true. And 
you know, here Paul is acknowledging there are many. Well, there's one adversary, okay? But he's got many, and he's recognizing that right now. And he's saying, you can be effective, but so is the enemy. And there's a lot of, and uh, that's an acknowledgement of the power without without honoring the power, that's an acknowledgement of the power that is against us. And that's why I, I like the way that he balances his, and, and the Holy Spirit's leading him. I'm not praising Paul, but the, right. he balances his directing to us to say, boy, this, you're gonna be an effective in this effectual open door, but the balance is you're gonna have a lot of, of contention from a lot of people. Right. Well, to me, it's, it sounds a lot like when this was it the sons of Zebedee that went out, yeah, and they th they thought they could just cast out the name because they thought their enemy had no power. That's a good analogy, and that's what I'm. Yeah. Yeah, and then he, you know, Christ comes back and says, "This is only driven out by prayer and fasting." Yeah. So. So anyway, I like the balance in that verse. Yeah. So. Thank you. <sighs> yes. Um, one thing that you know, you were talking about the, the enemy and how he, you know people say he's powerless and etc. <clears throat> you know Jesus did mention. Um, he said he, he beheld Satan as lightning, and then right after that he goes into um, this this thing where he says, "I've given you power to tread on serpents, scorpions, and over all the dunamis." of the enemy. So I've been studying, you know, the, the twisted nature of the, the dunamis of the enemy. So I've never really thought about that until now, but what he tries to focus on, I mean, Jesus even said it, he's, he has it, but it's, he's lost the, um, the purity of it um, when iniquity was found in him. So he's, he's trying to get people to not be able to function the way God has intended them to, to function, and um, if, if you ever feel like you're you're not functioning properly, I mean, he he does have power, but it's it's very corrupt and twisted. Well, and he he loses his creativity. <laughs> Everything he does has been done before. He's still effective. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about this um, scripture here, where it says. Know, the great and effectual doors open, but there are many adversaries. And we know that the door there is the same as gate, and that the gate is, like pastors talked about before, you know, that's where all the commerce and activity uh, takes place. Mm -hmm. So for, for us, you know, the gate is out there where we go to work every day, and you know, it's where stuff is happening. And like Mark was saying, that the twisted dunamis, the twisted power that the enemy uses, um, you know, that's more easily. I don't want to say disguise, but the enemy can introduce that twisted power in that place of commerce, in the place of busyness where there's a lot of activity because it's easy to like slide it in here and there. Yeah. And so I, I think about Jesus and how whenever he was ministering to the crowds, uh, and, and, you know, all the crowds were not you know believers, right? Some believed, some didn't believe. Right. But it always says that he, you know, after a time like that, he went away. He went yeah. away into the mountain. Or I like the that. Yep. to get alone by himself into prayer. 
And um, I, I think for us, that's a, you know, we all know that we need to come and pray or, or just pray and seek his face, whether it's here or in our prayer closet, whatever it is. Um, but if we don't do that and we spend too much time in the gate, the probabilities or, or likelihood of, of having that twisted power or you know, twisted purpose kind of attempt to infiltrate our thinking, probabilities go up because you're spending more time there. And you know, that's, we also have to just continue to pray you know, for that hedge of protection and put on the armor of God because if we're, we need to be in that marketplace bringing the light into the darkness. Right. We also need, like we, your whole message here is about our intercession. You know, get away on those, those times of being on our own and interceding and getting his power. Right. Amen. So uh, I have the next uh, verse labeled Travailing for the People, and it comes from Galatians 4, 18 through 19. And it says, But it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing, and not only when I am present with you, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. So here Paul is travailing for his brothers that Christ would be formed in them. And I don't think he's talking about the... the people who aren't in the same walk as him at this point, he's still, he's coming from a point, uh, point of view that, you know, we're here, you're sons, we're sons, now let's be made perfect in Christ and continue to intercede on his behalf. Um, we, we can gather that we need to tra travail for these new sons to accept the message on a whole level. Not just pieces of it, not parts of it, but as a whole thing. Uh, this is a great opportunity God has for fertile soil. During our intercession, we pray the Father would reveal areas that need prayer for fertility of the spirit that Christ be formed in them. I mean, it's this this area of new birth where uh, the enemy, but also people's mindsets can come in and they reject maybe not the whole message, but a part of the message. And it creates this type of spiritual abortion that can the, the seed doesn't have that opportunity to really grow. It's like they've been scattered on the, the hard ground or the thorns, and it gets choked out and aborted away. And so we need to pray for the patience and perseverance, as Les was saying, to continue, continually work in the breakthrough, even though there be times of frustra frust frustration try to overtake would try to overtake us. Uh, and keeping the armor of God going, like you said, those times you know, when no one else is watching, when we're not all together, and that's, those are the times where you're spending you know, that little bit of time with God to, to reset, to realign, to really bring about what he wants to do in the corporate prayer. Yes. Going back to the opposition happens at the open door. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I was just thinking about the scripture that talks about sin lies at the door mm -hmm. if you're not doing well. So um, I was just thinking about, you know, it's that when we're <coughs> at that door, we need to be doing what we know the Father has purposed us to do in our prayer and in our intercession. Um, and, and I think that's what it it was talking it talks about when it says if you do well uh, but if you don't do well sin waits at the door or lies at right. the door so um, we need to be doing well and doing what he's purposed us to do you know what's amazing is that God is so faithful he will meet you there it's not like he's just left you out there just to well I hope I'm doing this right it's if you are in that commune space, if you are with him, he's going to be faithful to bring about what he wants to do. You don't have to have that, that worry to creep in. I think that's kind of cool. So that, that verse speaks about the, the plan that God has ordained in the spread of his message. This verse speaks about Paul saying, you know, I prayed, I prayed, and um, you came to life. And now he's praying again, travailing, that not just that they would be Christian, not that they just would be born again, but that Christ, the anointed son, would be formed in them. And he's travailing that that gets birth. And, and Man, I mean, that's so much of what we are called to do, too. It's, it's not just to, hey, you know, here's an open door that God has said. He's made the appointment. Here we are. And look, these people are accepting. You know, they're, they're receiving. And they've got it. And, but now they've got to develop. Right. They, they've, got to have, they've got to be Christ-like. They've got to be anointed sons. And that's a that's a forming, like you said, and that can be aborted, or it can be deformed, or it can be lacking in some way. And what what parent um, has not had that concern? You know, when this baby's born, make sure it has ten fingers, ten toes, and that everything's right within it. And so, what Paul is. Uh, is <clears throat> suggesting here in the anointing of the scripture is that these people that are born again they really need to form and develop into the fullness of what God has created them to be as sons and that they don't be malformed right. or misinformed or that they don't be malformed or, or in some way handicapped or and it's, it's a formation I don't think we really we have to pray. It, it, they prayed, and they were born again. So now he's praying and says again that Christ be born, and that's an important thing. It's not <coughs> enough that we have these churches coming on board and say, "Oh, look, look what God's done." We've got how many churches now? And that, not pride, but you see the megas happen. But they have to have Christ formed. In. And Paul is saying that it's his responsibility to pray and to travail to see that birth. 
I just, I just think that's that's phenomenal. Well, and another analogy could be you wouldn't look out in your field, plant the seed, and then see the little sprouts and be like, yay, sprouts, and then walk away and you're done. I mean, great, you got sprouts. If you don't water them again, if you don't continually look after them or travail over them, then they wither and die and now you have no fruit. So, you know, God's called us to be fruitful, but also to help others be fruitful. speaks volumes. You know, yeah. we, we can give our hearts to the Lord and we can begin. As the, as the places that we go, there's a beginning. Right. But then the work of being formed also begins. Yeah. Thank you. Developmental. And um, it, it's a process. Amen. We can't stay sprouts forever, can we? <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're working at sprouts, huh? <laughs> All, right. All right. Our next verse is in Colossians 4, uh, 2 through 4, and I have labeled uh, an utterance of God. And it reads, Continue in prayer and watch. I feel like there's a theme here. And watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. So just to point out a couple of those uh, highlighted words, uh, we have continue there which roots all the way back to dominion, um, might, mightily, power, strength. Prayer is obviously prosukomai. Prosukomai, uh, to, to pray to God, to supplicate and worship. Um, and then we have the utterance is to lay forth as in lego. And then manifest to render apparent, once again to shine light upon. So once again, Paul here is inferring that we need to cry out in worship, giving thanks for what the Father has released, is releasing, and will release into the future. Um, and as I stated, the word utterance there comes from logos, from lego, which is to lay forth the purpose of God. We need to speak his mysteries or mysterion into the hidden or preserved plan of God to be revealed in His timing, that we might manifest, which roots back to shining light upon or to make shine what the Father has purposed from the beginning. So, you know, it really speaks, I mean, there's that open door again and that we should, you know, continually, like Monica was saying, preach the word um, to lay forth the logos. I think this is from from a uh, on the front lines perspective. Um, so often, when 
we go in places, there are a lot of um, impromptu speaking invitations that just pop up. And some of them, I guess, how, how do I frame this? Paul is saying, pray for a door of utterance or, or logos. And I know God can use us anywhere, and sometimes we go places and we're sowing, and it's under the Lord, even though he, in his perspective, he's giving them the opportunity to receive, but from the divine perspective, he has to know that they're not going to receive it. I mean, it's just the way it is. Some places you go, no matter how hard you pray, the first soil is hard ground, and you can't pray that away from what Jesus said. So Paul is saying, pray for a door to be open where we can actually sow in what we're sent to sow in. And you, you can tell the difference. You can tell the difference. And like sometimes I'll, I'll say to Luciano, I'll say, okay, don't schedule me for a bunch of stuff now. You know, <laughs> let, let, and this could be for anybody. But why I don't want to just go and be busy because that wears you out and, and it, it doesn't really accomplish what you should probably be doing at that time frame so I guess what I'm saying is that we need to pray like Paul said you know continue and prosuke continue that um, but and watch with thanksgiving yeah keep, keep building up off the grace but we want doors of utterance. We want doors where we can speak the mystery of Christ and not go in and think, uh, and this sounds pretentious, but tactically we have to see what the Spirit is saying here. Uh, Paul is saying the optimal thing is for you to be praying that, we, that, that a door would open so I can speak the mysterion of what it means to be a son who's anointed of the Father. And that I can sow in these foundational things that will, will then be built upon. That's the kind of door we want. We need to be praying that God will open. Because, it, you, know, it, you know, just from a practical standpoint, did you ever, like, go somewhere? Now, Rick would never do this because he does his homework on these things. But you go to a place and eat, and you think, man, I just wasted my money in this place. This, this, I could have been over here eating and really enjoying, you know? And why did I come here? Did you, you know, we've all done that, you know? And, or, or you go, you go someplace, maybe on, you got a few days, and you think, well, I'm, I'm just going to go away. And you go, why in the world did I come here? I could have been over here really enjoying. You know, so we know that kind of, well, why did I buy this? When I should have bought this. This is worthless. It's just going to sit here. And so we know that in the natural. And the same is true in the spiritual. It's not that we say, well, I, I just want to go where things are happening. Because there's some places you go. And you know, I remember we went into, I'll mention a city. We had, we had our second France seminar in this particular city. That was a city with a lot of warfare. Very important in Western Europe's history. But there was so much battle 
and the pastor was a nice guy, but he was just led by any voice that came to him. And it was just really irritating. You know, your, your sister and brother-in-law went with us there but later on. But, you know, out of that, though, came some really powerful intercessors that are still with us and are standing. So it's not like, it's not. But then there are other places you went and you think, God, I remember that night. That was horrible. <laughs> and I think no matter what I tried, you got the, you got this, the blank stare. And, and, you know, you think, why in the world? Like, God is the judge. Right. But Paul's using from very, under the anointing of the Spirit, some very specific words here. And he says, I want you all to pray that because we have the obligation to speak the mystery of Christ, and we have the obligation to be able to impart from the word this logos and to build upon it. That's the kind of door we really want you to pray that we will be able to go to. Right. And, you know, I, I want to, I want that hundredfold. We all do. We, we don't want to go and think, yeah, we did, we did some good things. Boy, not like this one over here, where we were really able to hit the grand slam for the Lord. Because really, in, 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 when it comes down to it, see, we're going to be praying about these things. So it's important that we talk about these so the people who are praying have the right perspective to, to really see what the Spirit is saying here in these scriptures. And the end result is, if we go into all of South America... I live in Dallas. There's nothing in it for me, personally. Uh, eternally, yes. Oh, for the glory of the Lord, yes. Yes. But, you know, when I'm going, I'm just speaking for me, thousands and thousands of miles away from my church that I love, my family, my comfort zone, you know, my, my chair in the happy place. If I go away from that, I want to be able to say, we have seen the work of God built. And, and I think that that's where the Lord is sending us, to strategic key places. And we, we just really need to pray that, like Paul says here, that where we, we go is a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ. Amen. And he's telling them to pray for that. He's telling them to pray for that. Right. We can't miss that. So it's not like we're just looking for places to preach. Gosh, I don't have any. I don't have any desire for that. It's it just it just doesn't ring my bell. Because you know, you can look back and you say, what what lasting things do we have? Look at this. Look at this group here. They have. They have kept moving in the deeper things of the Spirit. They are building on these things. Those are the kinds of doors that Paul is saying, keep praying that that, and, and keep praying with the mindset of grace. How are we building this thing? And, and again, it does, it's not pretentious, it's not prideful. Because again, we're not down there. Or, or we're not living in France, or we're not living in Africa. 
<laughs> I'm not trying to beat this in the ground, which obviously I am. But this is what he's talking about in prayer here. And not to say that we won't go someplace and we'll go away thinking, what in the world did we accomplish? Who knows? I mean, it's that story about, um, which was it? Billy Sunday, the famous evangelist. And there was this guy that was up there and he was preaching and nobody was really listening to his message, but he kept preaching anyway. And But out of all of that, this man received the Lord and became an amazing evangelist that would see thousands come to Christ. So I'm not discounting that. But we're living in the in the last half of the, of the final quarter. And what we've got to do is get things ready for the end time battle. And we need these doors of utterance. And we need the mystery of Christ to be open. Amen. Well, it just reminds me of the, the first time we actually went to Brazil first time I went to Brazil, um, we were in Cabo Frio, and the Lord had me just lay on my face, proscaneo. And I don't know that I expected others to follow suit, but that didn't happen anyway. And it was just, and I was just praying that, you know, God would really reach out. And as I said, he was faithful, and there are quite a few now down there that are, in the Proscaneo, um, they're doing it. I think too it's so important that we we don't deviate from the message God's given us. And it's so easy, especially in Brazil, because there's a lot of bells and whistles, there's a lot of action, there's a lot of there's a lot going on. And and it seems like these different places, you know, they have their agenda. They feel like they have their calling and I don't deny that. But I remember this last trip that we took. It was two weeks, and there was conference on either on, on both ends, and and both places had I don't want to say they had an agenda, but they they had what they knew what they wanted God to accomplish, and they were very clear about that. And I remember talking to Pastor, and I, it's just like I kept I kept thinking and probably saying we have to stick to who we are and what God has called us to bring, yeah. regardless of What's going all on. the things that are going on in the realm. And that, we know, is just the foundational calling of prosperity, of intercession, of relationship. And like they had asked me to speak on the prophetic, and I know they love prophecy. I mean, so many of these places love prophecy. We've experienced that in France. You cannot teach prophecy without beginning with the foundational relationship teaching you know, of what we know, what we have lived, how the Lord has developed us through relationship and intimacy with the Lord. And so it's just, we can't, we have to stay true to who we are in the midst of what we're going to step into. Because everybody has a message. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Everybody has their thing. So. And everybody is subject to, to itching ears to a certain degree. Yeah. There's a certain scratch they want. And, you know, like you said, you couldn't bring a word about prophecy until they understood the foundation about their relationship with the Lord. No, but the Lord was so faithful. I mean, you talk about proskuneo. <clears throat> I can't tell you how many times just everybody was on their face, you know, during worship times. Mm -hmm. and, during, and two, something else, 
They had a small prayer room. They had a huge fellowship room, like for the leadership. And so they would invite us up there every time we walked into the church. And there was good food, you know, and good drink and good coffee and lots of good fellowship. And it was super sweet to have time with their leadership. But right next door to that was this small prayer room. And you could hear the intercession. And I can't tell you how many times we would look at each other and say, we got to go pray. And you literally had to discipline yourself to walk out of that time with the pastors and go in with the intercessors and get on your face and pray. And I'm so thankful for that. That's what we have to emulate. That's what we have to um, pattern when we go in June or whenever is you cannot, you cannot forsake that. And there was only like two or three, four women in there every time. But I know Pastor Robert spent a lot of time in there. So, anyway. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Um, so, uh, moving on to Matthew twenty-four fourteen, a witness to end time work. And it says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Witness here being um, martyrion. Um, it's that derivative of martis. So witness to be a martyr. And so Jesus is telling us that this is, this is our end time work, just as it was is to be a witness, to testify and proclaim to all the earth, to be a martyr. And that to be a martyr obviously means you're willing to die daily to self, to give your all for the cause and calling of God. And that's really, like she said, that's what we're, we want to pattern is that daily death to self, that relationship with the Father in that intimate time of intercession for the cause and calling of what he would have accomplished in this earth. So with that being said, did anyone have any comments before my last? I like what everything has been said and, and uh I'm reminded of the, in the natural, if I can give an illustration. Uh, I was trying to learn how to manage. And someone I, expect, I, I uh, respected greatly who was mentoring me um, kept saying, it's not a matter of how good you can do sales and marketing and managing. No, that's not how you're measured. How you're measured is how good your people do. Yeah. And um, I'm not going to measure you by how good you are. I'm going to measure you by how good your people are. And boy, that hit me like right between the eyes to understand that this is not about how good we go, how good we are when we go someplace and do what we're 
what our purpose is. Right. The real measurement is how good they do when we leave. And, and um, there's a spiritual connection to that, isn't there? God is the one who has put it in our hearts to go put it in their hearts and then he deals with them directly although we bring the water <laughs> we bring the food and we try to nurture our best according to how he directs us but the real measurement is how good they do and um, what, how they're fulfilling their purpose and although we'd like to do it for them in order to accomplish, we can't because then they won't ever be measured properly. Right. And, and uh, that requires intercession on their behalf. Amen. Uh, and so it's like raising children who you release and then you think about whether was I a good parent? That would be judged by how good they do. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a little uh, almost frightening to understand that there's a release, and then it's in God's hands, which is the best way to have it in the first place. But you no longer have that direct control over what's going to happen there. You can go help and you can do something to lead and nurture but the hearts and spirits are over there, not here. Right. And um, it, it, there's, there's got to be that release which is the frightening part of it, I think, for uh, for us. And that's why we just have to continue to seek the Father in, those, in that prayer time. Pray for their fruitfulness, our fruitfulness as well. Soil. Yeah. yeah, for the soil that their hearts would open to receive. Because you can go beat your head against the wall and teach until you turn blue, but if they don't receive, I mean, it's like we say, I mean, we've got to have a word. <laughs> we, need, we need the Lord. Well, and it says, you know, narrow is the path, and then wide is the gate to destruction. Right. You know, we may be going someplace, and there's only one person there that the Lord's looking for, even though we want all thousand people. Yeah. We're going to pray the Lord make the soil fertile there. So um, I am very excited to be a part of what the Father will be initiating uh, for this new year of Truth and Sonship. Uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, the Lord is leading us to participate in a number of pinpointed times of intercession. Uh, regarding the new sons, we are welcoming into the fold. As a network, we are introducing multiple international prayer initiatives this year. Uh, one of these initiatives will specifically lift up the nation of Brazil and its saints' churches. Um, and we will be and will be coordinated by my lovely wife and myself. Um, both Katie and I were raised in a heritage of churches that have accepted this calling. And um, you know, I'm 
coming from originally from Florida, Port St. John, Katie being uh, already established in this house. So it really is an honor for both of us to accept this mantle of responsibility. Uh, this will be a prayer initiative based out of the Father's Church, but will be incorporating other intercessors in the Saints Network across the nations and the world. This along with many other innovative prayer strategies in this year of truth and sonship, focus purely on what he wants to do on behalf of the saints and sons he's bringing alongside us in Brazil and other nations he has ordained for this time. Uh, the Lord is doing a lot, so we all must be prayerful, vigilant, and ready to move on behalf of what the Lord may ask of us in the next coming weeks and months. He's going to use us in a deeper, more powerful way than we have experienced before. So be ready. Amen. Thank you, Zach. Thank you. Thank you.